Welcome, my friends, to Next Level Change Success, a change conversation for leaders, project and change practitioners for today and tomorrow. My name is Therese Perez of MyVirtualChangeManager.com and I'm an experienced change and project professional and people leader with many years of experience in the industry. I love business and I love the people side of business especially. So nothing lights me up more than seeing people use change management, project management and strong change leadership to engage, motivate and inspire people and ultimately transform organisations. If you've heard about change management and have no idea of what it involves, then you're in the right place. If you know about change management, but you want to take your practices to the next level, then this is where you should be. I'm going to share the stories of my experiences, interview some fantastic people, and I'm going to explore all of the challenges and opportunities that you face in organizations right now. So please join me and let's go and have some fun. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Next Level Change Success. My name is Therese Perez, and I'm the founder of MyVirtualChangeManager.com. Welcome. Before I begin, I would like to acknowledge that I am recording on Tharawal country and pay my respects to the, the, the traditional owners and custodians on the land on which I am recording. A little bit tongue-tied this morning. So today's all about psychological safety, and this is become a bit of a catchphrase. There are some good books, good studies and more conversation about this and I think it's really important when it comes to teaming and the effectiveness of your team. So if you're looking to to create a high performance team then you're really looking to create this sense of safety and trust amongst the team to have them perform. And so it really comes down to that area of focus. Many would focus on getting the right skill sets in the team, and that is one thing. Many would focus on making sure that you have the right people with the right backgrounds to do the job, for sure. But if culturally you haven't created an environment where there is this sense of psychological safety, which I think is an outcome, to be honest, of how you're approaching things, then you're really going to find that the team's not going to be optimized in any way or successful as much as it could be. And you may even find that you have infighting or issues and things kind of get a little bit out of hand and you might get sideswiped around risks and issues because there isn't that safety. Now, I want to talk about the role of the leader in this because really the leader creates that environment. It can be very, very difficult if you have a leader, whether it be a program lead, change lead, or in fact, a program sponsor, or even just a business lead who isn't open to feedback, who isn't willing to listen, who isn't willing to have a conversation about things. And I've certainly reported into leaders like this. It makes things quite difficult. By contrast, when you have a leader who is open to have a conversation, who really welcomes it and in fact likes to almost co-design with you and the team, then that's when you absolutely achieve the best outcome. So just have a, a pause of thought for a moment about how you're approaching your team, your team conversations if you are in that position. Are you inviting feedback? Are you listening? Are you aware of your own biases that you might be taking into those conversations about individuals who might be providing you feedback? Is that something that you need to explore for yourself so that you get even better outcomes from your team and better engagement from your team? And then let's go through some of the key things that you can do uh, to create psychological safety. Now, some of the great authors in this space 
um, Amy Edmondson, big shout out. I have seen her live. I went to a neuroleadership uh, seminar a number of years ago through the Neuroleadership Institute and Amy presented. And at that point, she had the book called Teaming. And I was really interested in the studies that she talked about, which of course she builds upon in this psychological safety book that she has released called The Fearless Organization. And so she built upon those studies and then talked about this concept of psychological safety. She's the expert in it. It's worth, um, through her research and things, worth connecting with her on LinkedIn, following her around some of the studies and the feedback. And I really do like some of her quotes around, you know, a fear-based leadership will always stifle innovation. Of course, it was always something that sat with me around that fear-based leadership can still show high when it comes to engagement scores but it won't show high when it comes to the possibility of innovation from the team it will be mainly leader driven because everyone will be too fearful to speak up and progress the ideas and so it was great to see a quote of sorts from Amy in that space because it always sat with me that you could have someone who was almost a bully and still not have that come to the surface in engagement results mainly because people were scared and afraid to speak up and to really put into those engagement feedback or into the engagement feedback the issues that they had. Adam Grant is another um, another author who I've mentioned before on my podcast who wrote the book Think Again and I really do like that because it's really challenging about how you really have to have a growth mindset. So Carol Dweck, I'm sure you might have heard of her if you're in the change space. Carol Dweck talks about this fixed mindset and growth mindset. And what we're talking about in this psychological safety is that you're fostering an environment where a growth mindset is the norm. It is the standard. It is what you're doing as a team, challenging each other, um, being open to that, being receptive to that, and really thinking about how you can move things forward. So I suppose one of the things around psychological safety is by using the word safety, people think that you have to create almost a molly coddling environment. And it's kind of a colloquial term, isn't it, molly coddle? But almost like a, a an environment where you want everyone to share who they are, how they are every moment of the day. And that's not actually the case when it comes to psychological safety. So I just want to kind of dispel that myth for you. If you're thinking this is a soft concept, I always say that um, there's nothing that is soft when it comes to people. It's all hard because it's all about human dynamics and how you can, as a leader, create an environment where everyone's performing. Now, psychological safety is an outcome of some of the things that you can do as a leader to connect with your people. And connection is really important. So really getting to know who your team is, not what they do necessarily, but have that authentic connection is part of creating that safety and also together connecting your team together so that everyone knows each other. It helps build trust. And during the pandemic, it became really apparent about our need to be in the room together. And I see that more and more now as we're reconnecting and we have our face-to-face events or team planning sessions etc that there's always that building of connection because of that face-to-face contact now that doesn't necessarily mean that you you know everyone should be back in the office and I'm absolutely not an advocate of that the hybrid ways of working though and working out a good rhythm where you're connecting and you are intentionally connecting face-to-face 
you know, whether it be every quarter, just to reestablish, reconnect and taking the time for people to get to know each other is really, really important. Then also, of course, you can build on that from a, a remote perspective in between times, people putting in coffee catch-ups, doing different activities online, having a bit of fun online still does help with connection and build on that. But connection builds trust. Because if you know someone, you know where they're at, you know their backstory as such, you know their world a bit more and they're willing to share their world a bit more, which is stepping into that realm of vulnerability, that understanding that our worlds now blur. It's not like you have a home life and you have a work life. You're one human being. And so therefore, by connecting with each other as a team, not just on a task or you know working towards a common goal in a project environment or a change environment you are going to always achieve better outcomes it it builds a level of connection that you need to be able to endure stress which often happens when you're looking at delivery of change so connection then feeding into that um, ability to be a little bit more vulnerable with each other the concept as a leader of role modeling and making sure that you are asking people for ideas where you're inviting ideas from everyone setting up the sessions in which you know you might have think tanks and various things so that people can connect you might invite people who have nothing to do with your program but just really to introduce that concept and role model that concept of diversity of thought sometimes people who don't know your industry or who don't know your team or what you're looking to deliver can have the best ideas because they can see outside the square. And so just using tactics like that can also help when it comes to that teaming concept and creating that safety. Because as a leader, if you're role modeling those behaviors, it will have your team reach out to others as well. And so that role modeling concept, I can't emphasize enough. And that is where the leader comes into it. And now many leaders may not, if you're a leader listening to this podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're listening to this because this is an area where you can flex and it is really important um, from a personal perspective that you start to think about that. If you're wanting better outcomes, if you're wanting your team to thrive, then really what you're looking to do is flex for yourself, try new things and certainly connecting in more broadly than just within a certain group of, or certain peer group that you normally work with is showing your team that you are looking to expand and grow. And by doing that, they're going to pick up on those cues and also look to role model that as well in the work that they do. So let's talk about communication, which is another key element. You cannot foster a, a psychologically safe environment if you're not communicating constantly, uh, clearly, and with commitment to your team. And when communication, uh, the art of communication is the art of listening and being able to ask for feedback, welcome feedback, ensure that you understand the feedback and then take action as a result of that feedback. Yeah, that's, it could be in the form of celebration if people are providing positive feedback. So what are you doing to celebrate that, to share that through with your team? It could also be negative feedback that's coming or hopefully constructive feedback that's coming through to your team. And then how you communicate that to the individuals um, where it's necessary as a coaching conversation on how they can improve the way they're doing things. And then also more broadly to the team, some of the choices that you may need to take in regards to the team is going to give an indicator 
around your commitment to safety and your commitment to the team being high performers. And what I mean by that is that sometimes you might have someone who is wanting to work in a silo and you've brought them into the team because, you know, there was someone who said this person's a a great, you know, this person performs so well. I think they should be part of your team. I think they should be part of this program. Now you bring them into the team, but they're a solo player. They're not a team player. Now they might be really good at what they do, but they're not very good at connecting with the team and the team may be uh, struggling with this. It might be raised, it might be raised as a sideline conversation. Now, as a leader, you're required to manage this because you're making a choice and what you're doing is giving signals to your team through the actions that you take. And you might be actually saying, no, this person, look, I value more their skill set than I do the team concept. And if you make that choice, then you will find that the other team members will start to make that choice as well and start to say, well, Heck, if uh, Barry over here can you know, just get away with being really good at what he does, then I'm going to do the same too. And then all of a sudden your whole team is compromised. So these are the things that you need to look at as a leader. And sometimes it's the hard choices which gain even more respect and trust from the remaining people in the team. And that's a really important one because essentially what you're also admitting is that you might have made the wrong choice. Now, I can tell you as a leader, I have most certainly shown my team how to fail forward um, and not to be afraid of failure or trying new things. And I, in fact, really encourage all of my teams to do that. Of course, always assessing the risk or always assessing the timing. And I provide guidance on that. However, I do really want my team to be able to try new things And I show them that sometimes by trying new things themselves. And I have an example, certainly um, a number of years ago now, but there was a tool, a change tool that I really wanted to try out. There was, um, it was quite a, uh, I might debate, be a complex. I have obviously have a bias around this tool, but it was, you know, essentially a bit of a change on a page uh, for a leader to use. We were going to introduce it into a forum. Uh, my team wasn't necessarily you know, um, behind it. And yet I was pretty adamant that I wanted to get that tool and to try it out. And of course, when we went and uh, rolled it out, we had very mixed feedback. Some people were very happy to have had the tool. That's great. It gives me structure. Um, for others, it was like, well, it was a bit full on and we kind of didn't really understand it. And I take that on board. I took that on board, said to my team, well, we tried something. We can't be afraid to try something. And yes, I should have listened to you potentially, you know, for the the few people who who actually adopted the tool. It was probably worthwhile. Um, And I wanted to try something and try something new. And off the back of that, I think the team saw that real green light around trying things. Now, they've just seen their leader um, eat humble pie around something that they had said Therese I'm not sure it might be a bit complicated but I was quite obstinate about getting it out there and trying it Um, so it was a good experience all around because that gave my team permission to bring things to the table if they want to try something let's try it you know what's the worst that can happen so that type of environment is totally different to an environment where a leader is saying I want you to do this but I want you to do it my way And I want you to do it um, on my timeline. 
And um, if you're not delivering to my timeline um, or and it doesn't look like I thought it would look like and I want it to look like this, that can be quite stifling. So I hope you get a sense of the difference in kind of that, that open let's try something uh, try something new, do something to interrupt the status quo, to uh, no, let's keep a rigid, um, a rigid format. And it actually has to, you know, you have to be a mind reader with your leader around producing that. So think about the time that you're, or the approach that you take with your team. Are you giving them enough encouragement and leeway and top cover because it will be necessary as others try to criticize or as others try to judge. It's really important that you give them that top cover to allow them to try things and innovate. Else you're not going to find anything that anything is going to progress. And now that could be relevant for really any scenario in business. I feel like there's not many um, organizations or there's not many scenarios where that level of um, trying something new can't be provided. I would say military might be an exception. Um, however, there needs to be a degree of creativity. Let's move on to the concept of equality as well, because this is a really, really hot spot and hot topic when looking at equity and equality but also the actions around this that are taken as a leader and just know that your actions it is true your actions speak louder than words so people that the um, changes you make the meetings that you set up the conversations that you have these are all the indicators that people uh, reflect upon the openness in conversation the participation in team events all of those type of things, people notice. And more and more um, from a leadership standpoint, that becomes very apparent and very real. So when looking at this concept of equality, there's a couple of things to think about. Once again, as a leader or as someone, if you're bringing together a team, you need to unpack your biases. Your unconscious are harder to see. And that's where the art of listening comes in strongly around your unconscious biases because they are reflected back to you. And as a leader, you do need to be aware that people manage up. There is that uh, obviously responsibility and accountability that you have. And there are individuals who would rather please their manager than work together with their team. And thus where strategies such as um, doing a skip meeting, so you're skipping a direct report and meeting with their direct reports is a great tactic around assessing that psychological safety that happens uh, from layer to layer and make sure that you've got the depth in your teams as well if that's the structure that you have but it's important that you're um, looking at this equality aspect through the eyes of the people now not all decisions are equal and life isn't fair and I will say that through and through, a big advocate of that. Um, it is what it is. You can't change that. Uh, organizations are there to often um, be able to provide services to their customers, which means at times they need to make profit or they need to make money to sustain themselves. And sometimes hard decisions need to be made. And that's life. Um, so things aren't always equitable. 
but you do need to be aware if you have a strong bias towards a certain individual or certain team, um, whether it be conscious or unconscious, and keep an eye on that because you want equality. You want everyone to feel like they're being treated fairly. And at times, obviously, you need to make the tough calls and that's just what happens. And after time, you have to obviously build up trust if something has happened where you've had to make a tough call or had to let someone go or not being able to bring on resource that you would ideally like, those type of things. So important from that perspective um, around equality. But do know that at times when there isn't strong communication happening um, and those decisions are made, well, that can really damage the team, the team ethos and how everyone's working. The other thing is around transparency, creates a sense of safety. Um, We certainly saw that in the pandemic times. I know in New South Wales there was, and I think in Victoria, most probably most states, um, I don't know because we couldn't move from state to state during those times and it's quite interesting to reflect on those times that we live through considering where we're at now but the consistency um, the transparency the communication builds a sense of trust people don't necessarily agree with things of course but at least that communication is happening so people can't turn around and say I didn't know and if you're looking at teaming and psychological safety this is all about communication and making sure that you're communicating in a strong and authentic way of course if your actions are contradictory to what is being sold or you're you're heading into a spin doctor territory then these are the things that are really going to damage the psychological safety in an organization so you really do want to make sure you communicate well you communicate authentically that you engage with your people that you're thinking about inclusion that you've got the right amount of diversity that you are asking for feedback, good, bad, and ugly. Of course, you want it all so that you can take action as a result of that, Um, whether that be celebration, whether that be remediation. These are the things that you want to do. Um, Think about the common goals. Make sure that you have a common goal for your team, that you are connecting, and that you're creating a space for the team to innovate, to create to think about new ways of doing things, to openly share their mistakes. This is really important. It's one of the key indicators of psychological safety is that people put their hand up and said, yeah, I did that. And that was really silly and I shouldn't have done that. Um, And then you can unpack with the person, the individual or the team, what was driving that behavior and what would we do differently next time? Because that is exactly how you learn. That's how you're fostering a learning environment with your team. And that's how you're going to get the best out of them. So it's important, and I say best out of them as humans, as people, and as uh, people who have massive potential. And everyone comes with varied skill sets to the table. So as you start to unlock what people are doing as part of their role, you can also then broaden into what else they know about that they can bring to the table for the team. And that is the penultimate. That's where you want to head. Is the team really coaching each other on other skill sets that they've brought to the table, not just the skill sets they've been employed for and with? Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly was quite passionate in recording this. Went for probably a little bit longer than I thought, but I could probably talk about it all day and give you examples of good practices and bad practices. I hope that you've had some value or got some value from 
the conversation today. Come to myvirtualchangemajor.com. Come and visit us. We've got tools, tips, and tricks for you in the change space. This is all about people. And why does change matter? Because people matter. Have a great day.